Different types of Medicare plans help pay for your inpatient hospital care. Doctor visits, outpatient services, home health care, prescription drugs. Some care in a skilled nursing facility and much more, depending on the plan. Or plans you choose. But as complicated as all that sounds, there's a single key choice at the core of all your decision making, will you go with the original Medicare plan? which is run by the federal government and consists of Parts A and B. Or Medicare Advantage Plan, also called Part C, that is offered by A. Private insurer and approved by Medicare? Medicare Part A Your Hospital Coverage When you apply to Medicare, you are automatically enrolled in the Part A. Plan Part A is your hospital insurance plan. It covers nursing care and hospital stays although not doctor's fees. Part A also covers some home health services, skilled nursing care after a hospital stay and hospice care. You likely won't have to pay a monthly premium for Medicare Part A, thanks in. Part to all the payroll taxes you paid while you were employed. You must, however, pay a yearly deductible before Medicare will cover any hospitalization costs. For 2011, the Part A deductible is $1,132. The Costs of Part A and B As a fee-for-service health plan, Original Medicare enables you to see any doctor or hospital that accepts Medicare. Medicare will pay a share, usually 80%, of the Medicare-approved amount, which is the cost Medicare determines is reasonable for the care you received, given where you live. If you live in a city, it's worth remembering that doctors in urban areas tend to charge more for their services, and since the Medicare-approved amount isn't always raised accordingly, you could end up with higher than expected expenses. To better predict your out-of-pocket costs, be sure to ask both Medicare and your doctor's billing department about fees and coverage. Parta pays about 80% of your Medicare-approved inpatient costs for the first 60 days you are hospitalized. If you have a longer hospital stay, you will have to pay a larger share of the costs. That's where it helps to have supplemental insurance. If you are a U.S. citizen or permanent resident and have not worked long enough to qualify for Medicare and can't qualify through a spouse, you may be able to buy part of coverage. Medicare Part B Your Medical Coverage Part B pays for a portion of your doctor visits, some home health care, medical equipment, outpatient procedures, rehabilitation therapy, laboratory, tests, x-rays, mental health services, ambulance services and blood. Part B is optional, and you may want to opt out of Part B if you still have health insurance through an employer, union, your spouse, etc. Part B requires that you pay a monthly premium to Medicare, the standard rate for 2011 is $115.40, and there is a small deductible, $162 in 2011, that must be reached before Part B begins paying for services. People with higher incomes above $85,000 annually for an individual or $170,000 for a couple, pay higher rates. Traveling abroad. Medicare generally won't cover your health care costs while you're traveling. 
outside the U.S., read the fine print in the important information section of your U.S. passport sometime. It's actually mentioned there, that's why. Some people with Medicare decide to buy a Medigap or other supplemental policy. A warning about delayed enrollment, if you opt out of Part B when you initially enroll in Medicare but later decide that you want the coverage, you may have to pay a higher premium. It's important to weigh carefully the health care resources you'll have, not just in the next year or so, but also several years down the road. Individuals who will have strong retiree benefits from, say, a union or public service career may choose to opt out of Part B, while those who are still working but don't expect to receive retiree health benefits often opt to switch over to Part B before leaving the workforce. Medicare Part C Private Insurance Option Part C plans are offered through private insurance companies and approved by Medicare. They are also known as Medicare Advantage or Medicare Health Plans. Possible Part C Changes The Medicare program currently subsidizes private insurance companies that offer Medicare Advantage plans. Because of these subsidies, Part C plans cost Medicare more per person than original Medicare. Beginning in 2012, Medicare will reduce these subsidies. Some of the savings will go toward helping to close the prescription drug coverage gap the so-called donut hole. Due to reduced subsidies some Medicare Advantage plans may drop services or raise premiums and co-payments in the next year or two. Be sure to carefully review your Part C plan's fees and coverage before signing on for another year during Medicare's annual open enrollment period. Before enrolling in a Part C plan, you must first enroll in original Medicare, both Part A and Part B. If you decide to use Medicare Advantage, you choose the plan yourself and sign up directly with a private insurer. By law, Part C plans must pay for at least the same health care services as original Medicare, but they sometimes pay for things that are not covered by original Medicare, such as vision and dental care. Most, but not all. Medicare Advantage plans also provide some prescription drug coverage. Medicare Advantage plans are generally organized as health maintenance organizations, HMOs, or preferred provider organizations, PPOs. Typically, in these types of plans you choose one doctor as your primary care provider. And your choice of doctors, hospitals and other health care providers is restricted. If you see providers outside of the plan's network, you likely will pay more, or these providers' care might not be covered at all. You need Parts A and B to get Parts C and D. Medicare's various parts or plans are interrelated. To join an optional Medicare Advantage, Part C, plan, you must first enroll in both Part A and Part B. To enroll in the optional Part D prescription drug plan, you must be enrolled in Part A or B. Since many Part C plans include prescription drug coverage, if you opt for one you probably won't need a Part D plan. Depending on your decisions, your Medicare selections might have you enrolled in only Part A, or Parts A and B, or Parts A, B, C and D, or another variation. 
and you might have a Medigap plan on the side. Keep in mind that when using a Part C or D plan, you continue to pay a monthly Part B premium to Medicare as well as to your Part C and or Part D plan provider. But people with Part C coverage typically incur only a small co-payment when visiting a doctor or other provider, while those with original Medicare pay 20% or more of the cost of services. Private fee-for-service Medicare Advantage plans, which allow for the regular use of out-of-network providers, are available in some areas. You can check with Medicare for availability near you. For more detailed information, see the Medicare publication Your Guide to Medicare Private Fee-for-Service Plans Medicare Part D Your Prescription Drug Plan The newest addition to the Medicare alphabet, Part D, helps you pay for prescription drugs. Part D is optional and available to people who are enrolled in original Medicare, Parts A and B, and most Medicare Advantage plans. Part D plans are offered by private insurance companies that are approved by Medicare. You sign up for them directly with the private insurer. If you are enrolled in a Part D plan, you will pay a monthly premium and sometimes a deductible, as well as co-payments for your drugs. Each plan varies in the cost of premiums, the price of drugs and its list of covered drugs or formulary under the plan. The Donut Hole A disadvantage of Part D is the coverage gap known as the Donut Hole. That's reached when the combined cost of your prescriptions in a given year, as paid by both you and your insurer, exceeds a certain amount, $2,840 in. 2011. At that point, you essentially start paying for your medicines as if you have no insurance. At the same time, you're also paying your Part D premiums. To ease the pain of falling into the donut hole, the new healthcare law provides that, starting in 2011, people with Medicare Part D will receive a 50% discount on most brand name prescriptions and biologic drugs, and a 7% discount on generic prescription drugs while they are in the coverage gap. After your prescription drug costs reach a certain amount over the course of the year, in 2011 that threshold is $4,550, you will qualify for low-cost catastrophic coverage. This takes you through to the end of the year, at which point the calculus starts all over again. The Part D Donut Hole Coverage gap will gradually narrow until it disappears in 2020. Medicaid in the United States is a social health care program for families and individuals with low income and limited resources. The Health Insurance Association of America describes Medicaid as a government insurance program for persons of all ages whose income and resources are insufficient to pay for health care. Medicaid and Medicare are two governmental programs that provide medical and health-related services to specific groups of people in the United States. Although the two programs are very different, they are both managed by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, a division of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HCP holding insurance form by hospital bed. Medicare is a social insurance program that serves more than 44 million enrollees, as of 2008.
the program costs about $432 billion, or 3.2% of GDP. In 2007, Medicaid is a social welfare, or social protection, program that serves about 40 million people, as of 2007, and costs about $330 billion, or 2.4% of GDP, in 2007. Together, Medicare and Medicaid represent 21% of the fee. 2007 U.S. Federal Government Both Medicaid and Medicare were created when President Lyndon B. Johnson signed amendments to the Social Security Act on July 30, 1965. Each state sets its own Medicaid eligibility guidelines. The program is geared towards people with low incomes, but eligibility also depends on meeting other requirements based on age, pregnancy status, disability status, other assets, and citizenship. Forms being signed. States must provide Medicaid services for individuals who fall under certain categories of need in order for the state to receive federal matching funds. For example, it is required to provide coverage to certain individuals who receive federally assisted income maintenance payments and similar groups who do not receive cash payments. Other groups that the federal government considers categorically needy and who must be eligible for Medicaid include individuals who meet the requirements for the aid to families with dependent children, AFDC, program that were in effect in their state on July 16, 1996. Children under age 6 whose family income is at or below 133% of the federal poverty level, FPL. Pregnant women with family income below 133% of the FPL. Supplemental Security Income, SSI, recipients. Recipients of adoption or foster care assistance under Title IV of the Social Security Act. Special protected groups such as individuals who lose cash assistance due to earnings from work or from increased Social Security benefits. Children born after September 30, 1983 who are under age 19 and in families with incomes at or below the FPL. Certain Medicare beneficiaries. States may also choose to provide Medicaid coverage to other similar groups that share some characteristics with the ones stated above but are more broadly defined. These include infants up to age 1 and pregnant women whose family income is not more than a state-determined percentage of the FPL, certain low-income and low-resource children under the age of 21, low-income institutionalized individuals, certain aged, blind, or disabled adults with incomes below the FPL, certain working and disabled persons with family income less than 250% of the FPL, some individuals infected with tuberculosis, certain uninsured or low-income women who are screened for breast or cervical cancer, certain medically needy persons, which allow states to extend Medicaid eligibility to persons who would be eligible for Medicaid under one of the mandatory or optional groups except that their income and or resources are above the eligibility level set by their state. Medicaid does not provide medical assistance for all poor persons. In fact, 
it is estimated that about 60% of America's poor are not covered by the program. Medicaid in the United States is a social health care program for families and individuals with low income and limited resources. The Health Insurance Association of America describes Medicaid as a government insurance program for persons of all ages whose income and resources are insufficient to pay for health care. Medicaid recipients must be U.S. citizens or legal permanent residents, and may include low-income adults, their children, and people with certain disabilities. Poverty alone does not necessarily qualify someone for Medicaid. The Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act significantly expanded both eligibility for and federal funding of Medicaid. Under the law as written, all U.S. citizens and legal residents with income up to 133% of the poverty line, including adults without dependent children, would qualify for coverage in any state that participated in the Medicaid program.